0: Welcome to the In the Ring Pedigree podcast. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatal, back with you coming from the little house on the east side in Saratoga. And Saratoga is being taken over, being taken over by breeding industry types. I've been seeing them around the paddock bar, around the plant, around the town. Lexington comes to Saratoga it adds a really nice element for those of us who love the horse business a place that's already horse centric becomes truly so with the arrival of all these folks and one of them I hear a rumor he might even be driving here as we speak my co-host on this program Windstar Farms Sean Tugel Sean how are you today
1: doing fantastic Pete and uh, the rumors are
0: true We're on I-90, we're smelling the fresh air, and we're not too far away. Excellent. It'll be great to have you here. And you'll be getting a lot of kudos, I think, Sean, from people within the breeding business and just horse players in general. You're on quite a streak of giving out winners here, including a nice five-to-one shot on the last show, looking at these baby races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Have you been betting? Um. Not well. I can <laughs> handicap it, but the,
1: but the making it work for me is not always on the same page.
0: Well, in this way, uh, horse players and horsemen apparently have quite a bit in common because I've been messing it up, too. But it's been a, a brilliant meet so far. Today's the best weather day yet. Fingers are crossed. There's rumors about maybe having to dodge some bullets for Saturday's card, but it's it's far from a – it looks more likely to be nice than not. Let's put it that way. And I think we're going to have a nice run. It really finally feels fully like Saratoga up here. And with that in mind, we're going to get to a little bit of phasing Tipton preview talk later in the show. We've got Anna Seitz and Carl McEntee who are going to join us. But we're going to start off with some quick looks – at Maiden Special Weights at Saratoga and Del Mar this weekend. First, I'll just ask you, do you think – you know, you've looked at the races. Do you think we're going to keep this streak going? Do you feel good about these spots?
1: Um, Certainly when you're going to circle Bob Baffert in a a Maiden race at Del Mar – uh, it gives you a little bit more confidence putting it on tape. So uh, we'll, we'll see if we can keep the streak going in, in some form of fashion, I hope.
0: We're, we'll get to that Del Mar race in a minute, but we're going to start off with the Curtain Jerker, the opening race on Saturday. Race number one is two-year-old Maidens going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. How do you see it? Um, I'm going to be
1: honest with you. Um, I really like uh, Mike Maker again in a uh, two-year-old two-turn turf race. His uh, one horse there, Chimney Rock, uh, ran a decent buyer first time out, came out of a a solid race that he ran third, and and the second-place horse came back to to win. You add Blinkers, but not only adding Blinkers, you also have Luis Saez, who I think with the addition of Blinkers and being on the rail will really suit this uh, horse to, to probably show more speed and, uh, and finish, uh, as, it, as it did in its last race. It just didn't quite finish. But uh, with the addition of Blinkers and, and Saez, who's a strong finishing uh, speed rider, I think that horse looks quite interesting. Certainly, there's a, a first-timer for Chad Brown, Brewmeister. Uh, point of entry on the turf out of a Giant's Causeway mare is quite interesting. Same cross as Analyze, it, who is yeah. a uh, multiple great stakes winner, who is highly-talented horse. But uh, then also Constitution, who looks like he could be having a huge weekend, not only in a couple uh, high-profile maiden races, but also in the Sorrento stakes that's been drawn out at Del Mar. Uh, he has a second-time starter, our country for George, George Weaver, Winstar bred the horse. He's a half-brother to a stakes winner in Europe, and uh, the addition of Lazix should help him move forward probably. And already having a race under his belt over the course, uh, he looks like a pretty tough one.
0: Quick note on analyze it before we move on. You you mentioned the the same cross as this Chad Brown runner. That was some of the most amazing betting I'd ever seen in terms of how little the horse was bet on debut 13 to one winner. I believe in the end that day at Belmont. And I remember asking an industry insider friend, because there'd been talk about Chad having this really good point of entry up here during the summer and he just said it was at a weird time at Belmont. Most people, like a lot of industry insider people, they were focused on Keeneland by that point. It was already October. And his prediction was if the circumstances had been the same, but it had been at Saratoga when a lot of, you know, big mouth industry insider people and clocker types are communicating and together that, that the same horse with the buzz would have been seven to two. But because of the timing of the year, it just sort of got lost in the shuffle and folks who remembered about the Chad Brown point of entry that was supposed to be able to run and. Up getting 13 to one does that story sound plausible to you Uh, man i mean i wish i would have known about that 13 to (laughs) one shot but uh, you were in lexington
1: so but certainly i mean yeah i mean horses can fly under the radar especially you know once you get past saratoga another reason to, to follow these horses uh during the races at saratoga and then pay attention to where they go afterwards because you know, uh, certainly you get all the best horses that run in these high-level maiden races. And then when they go back to Churchill Downs or or, or down to Florida or, you know, other jurisdictions, you know, they're coming out of the toughest races. And, and certainly you can find uh, the situation to make money with them. And, uh, and certainly paying attention to, to Belmont Fall is always pretty crucial.
0: Let's move on to the third race. We're moving to the dirt. But this is interesting seven furlong two-year-old maiden here which i assume changes uh horseman's perspective in terms of who they might be putting in there what do you like um i think
1: for me the horse to beat here is is another constitution uh the horse extreme force as you had mentioned going seven furlongs uh especially first time out is uh can be quite difficult for uh for a young horse um and, and and so having a horse who who ran a very good number, 71 buyer first time out, having already had a race under him, gives him such a huge advantage here going seven furlongs. Very good mare, very fast-producing mare. Uh, her offspring, the three-year-old, just ran third in the Haskell stakes recently. She's already produced an uh, $800,000 two-year-old that stakes place um, who, uh, who's, who showed speed as a two-year-old. So this horse already having a race under his belt, being out of a mare who produces fast two-year-olds, and uh, going the seven furlongs looks like the horse to beat. Um, certainly, the reports on our horse, Glory Road, first-time starter for Todd Fletcher and, and Winstar and China Horse Club. Uh, he'll appreciate the, the distance, uh, but being a first-time starter, you just you hope they break good. And, and he shows the ability that he's been showing in the morning. Um, certainly, his, his sire won over the, over the track at Saratoga, and we'd we'll love to see one of his young offspring uh, do the same as well.
0: All right, that's one to, to keep note of, see what happens on Saturday, and maybe keep in mind, uh, like so many who start at 7, possible improvement, I would think, next out, especially if they end up running at a, a farther distance. Is that fair to say?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, take notice of, of horses that maybe showed speed and uh, are tracking position and maybe just tired that last 8, Uh Going seven furlongs, next time out, they may be cutting back to six and and be able to make a big sweeping move, too, against horses that haven't started yet. So definitely, uh, you you know, for this race, with the distance it is, paying attention to how the horses finish um, is certainly crucial for paying attention to what horses may be coming out of the race. In their next starts.
0: great opportunity to make notes and you can also cheat if you don't want to make your notes yourself over at the in inthemoneypodcast.com blog we've got Benny South Street making trips or doing trips on all the two-year-old maiden special weight races at Saratoga this summer though I gave him the weekend off he's playing in a contest he said he was super busy I said look I'll give you you said you were going to do this but I'll let you off the hook as long as if you finish in the money in the contest, you make a nice donation to the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. He agreed to that deal. He's getting the weekend off. But for a race like this, this interesting seven furlong distance, Sean just gave you a couple ideas of types of trips you might want to look for for bet backs. Uh, Benny will be noting them when they come back and run here later in the meet. Let's move out to Del Mar. You've already tipped your hand. We've got a five-horse field here. And the one you like sounds like it's a Claire.
1: Well, certainly, uh, you look at uh, the, the, the percentages that, that Drayton Van Dyke and, and Bob Baffert share together. You look at the percentages of Bob Baffert, first-time starters, two-year-olds, especially at Del Mar. Um, it's pretty hard to ignore those facts. This horse looks like, certainly, uh, the Breezes, this horse is very well-meant to, to run well first-time out. Uh, $420,000 um, two-year-old. And uh, so this, we, this is a, probably another one that uh, should chalk up uh, a victory for Bob Baffert. But he does have the, the first the horse that's run once already uh, just to his outside. And it uh, looks like a horse that was bought privately and, and transferred from Ignacio Correas at Ellis Park over to uh, uh, Phil D'Amato in California. So having uh, a run under his belt and, and, a, and a good run already. Um, that'd be one that could, could probably, uh, give Baff to run for his money. And, uh, just a note on the horse on the outside, lazy Daisy, who we, who we talked about on actually the podcast last week, uh, was scratched out of the race last week has since had another gate work. So I believe that's six gate works in a row. So, uh, we'll see if she runs and we'll see if, uh, watching work patterns, uh, tells us anything there.
0: All right, Sean, without further ado, I think we should move along to our Phasic Tipton preview stuff. And now we would like to welcome to the In the Ring Airwaves, our friend, the client relations and PR manager for Phasic Tipton, Anna Sites. Anna, how are you doing? I'm doing
2: very well, thank you, and thanks for having me on the show.
0: It's our pleasure, especially because I know you're crazy busy with everything going on up here in Saratoga. What are these days like for you ahead of next week's uh, select sale at fasig tipton in Saratoga?
2: Well, I arrived yesterday. Most of us arrived yesterday, and today all the horses are shipping in. So This is crunch time for um, getting everybody in, making sure the horses all arrive safely, but... We have all of our clients arriving as well, so just trying to start getting them all organized for the races, for the parties, for coming over here to the sales ground. So, yes, it's very hectic, but it's good. It's exciting. There's quite a buzz around the sale, and you can tell people are really excited to be here. Uh, no one's had a chance to have too many late nights yet, so everyone's still <laughs> fresh.
0: <laughs> i have seen the industry types we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show the industry types of milling in town and, and around the racetrack it's always good to see i want to learn a little bit more about your your history with phasig on how long you've been working there sure. and uh, and how many uh, saratoga sales have you been involved with
2: i have been working for phasing tipton for 10 years and i've actually been coming to saratoga since my mother was pregnant with me, so I've been coming my whole <laughs> life because my family is Brookdale Farm, and um, they've been consigning horses here since before I was born. So, I would always work the sales as soon as I was allowed to work the sales with my family, and then when I worked for Todd Pletcher for four years, I would always come up in the summers um, and work for him. So, it's been very fun to do Saratoga. In um, different different avenues of my life, I've really enjoyed getting to see the different parts of it. It's always work stuff, but it's fun to kind of do the racetrack side, but also now the sales side.
1: On it, Sean, one thing that I know that you, that you focused on at Fajor Tipton is cultivating new, mm-hmm. new business. And, and certainly in Saratoga, town itself, the right. racing and, and the sales really help get new people to at least come and attend and, and see what it's all about. What do you get the feel as far as new owners getting involved in our game right now? The markets are good. Do you you feel like there's a lot of younger people and and new blood that's getting into the game right now at this moment?
2: I do, actually. I feel like there's a lot of, I was just, um, just right before you guys called, I had someone contact me that wants to come to the sale, who's new. I mean, that's probably the 10th new person that's called me in the last few days. We have people coming from other countries that have never attended, so it's been very exciting. I was just Googling some people earlier today trying to figure out, okay, this trainer is bringing this owner and. Uh, definitely, a lot of people, a lot of new wealth, and this is the sale they want to be at because they want to. It's such an experience. It's not just a horse sale; it's such a social event. So this is a nice way to bring. If you're a bloodstock agent or if you're a horse trainer, you can actually bring your principal owner to the sale, and they can have a nice time. And then hopefully for us, if we can show them a really fun weekend and really get to know them and, and open the doors with hospitality wise, then hopefully they buy some horses or at least you know try to. Because and it might not be. A client that is going to shop at this sale, we're long term. We want to build relationships with people for other sales, for you know, breeding and selling with us or buying with us. So we're we're all about the the long term play. If accepted. I enjoy. I really enjoy getting to know the new people because there's so many great new people that are they love horse racing and then so we have this instant connection where. We all have this common bond, so when they show up, it's like we've been friends for life because we just already have that something to talk about that you know how it is. You guys can talk about horse racing all day long, and instantly you have this connection.
0: That segues perfectly into my next question. You mentioned it's a social event. We have a lot Mm -hmm. of industry people listening who know Mm -hmm. all about Phasing tipton and the atmosphere. But for some of the racing fans Mm -hmm. who might be Mm -hmm. in or around the area, are they welcome at the sale too? And uh, what would you recommend for them if they're looking to attend and and see what all the fuss is about, even if they don't have immediate plans to be uh, purchasing horses?
2: Absolutely. All of the Phasing tipton sales are open to the public. Um, I would say... Monday night is crazy. It is absolutely packed here. Um, it's very hard to walk around, so um, it's fun. But Tuesday's a little calmer. So if you're if you don't like crowds and you don't want to be, you know, just jam packed, but at Monday it's just something to see. Everybody comes out. Everybody's excited. But we also sponsor the Fazekas Tipton Festival of Racing with Naira across the street at the racetrack, and we sponsor races. We have a jockey signing. We have Best turned out awards. We do a TAA. So we, we have quite a presence, not only at the sales company, but also not only at the sale, but across the street at the race So um, it's kind of a fun way that we, we just such a big part when we come up to Saratoga where it's fun to be a part of, you know, the kind of the whole city through what we do.
1: Certainly on a, a first time uh, attendee to the sale, uh, if you don't have credit available, you wouldn't want them waving across the, the auditorium to their friends. That's, that'd probably be a good rule to start with. <laughs>
2: They say, keep your hand down. But our auctioneers, they're very good. They know, especially at this sale, they can usually tell when someone's waving at a friend rather than bidding. But we do ask <laughs> people to keep your hand down and try to be aware that, you know, these are live animals in the ring and to not be loud and to not be clapping because they can spook the horses. But um, And then we also tell people the pavilion, um, because it's actually reserved for people that are have set up credit with us or who are buying or selling horses. So, you're more than welcome to walk into the pavilion, but the seats are already reserved. So we ask people to be, you know, just you're just conscious of that. And and the New York Red Weekend sale, which is next Sunday and Monday, it's a little less strict. So they're more than welcome to kind of wander around a little bit. But for the select sale, we the seats are taken. Unfortunately,
1: certainly um, a sale is only as good as, as the graduates it has, and the Saratoga being an extremely long-standing oh, yeah. horse sale. Uh, you know, I'm sure American Pharoah is one that you guys like to hang your hat on quite a bit, but who are some other maybe current runners that are are top two-year-olds or or three-year-olds that are out there running that have come out of Saratoga Sale?
2: Well, we've got, um, obviously, Rushing Fall is a a graduate of ours that's had a really big couple of years. Bob Edwards bought her here from the Saratoga Sale, and it was nice to see her, you know, seeing her run in New York, and um, she won on Belmont Day, which was great. We have can harbor who Lee owns owns the graduate of the saratoga sale he's a great owner in new york he always comes to our sale and also stormy liberal but um, a really nice young horse that was very very exciting at ellis park last weekend is dennis's moment that the all ball family owns and um the horse won by 19 links i'm sure everybody saw the race but that was it's very exciting to see right before the sale a graduate to step up and win so impressively and dale romans do such a nice job with him, but um also, yesterday we had Jeff Drown, a New York bred graduate, was a TDN rising Star, uh, Risky Mischief, that Jeremiah Engelhardt trained. So it's not just the select grads that are doing well, but our New York Bread sale graduates are, are doing great now, too. So um, you're right. It's, uh, I think a big part of the reason the sale is so strong is because the graduates are performing on the track.
0: That always helps. I want to follow up about a couple of things involving the festival of racing. When does that begin? When are those days sure. that fans at the track can look forward to uh, getting to to learn a little bit more about everything going on as far as that goes?
2: Sure. Um, there's kind of they've actually included Friday in the Festival of Racing this year, which we have the Saratoga Oaks running running the new running of the Saratoga Oaks. So they've added that as part of our festival of racing. So it's Friday through Sunday. It's, you know, it will encompass all races, but say Tipton sponsors the Waya, the LORE, and the De La Rose. Those are actually our three races that we'll be doing the trailer presentation. And then on Sunday morning, I think it's from 11 to 12, we have a jockey signing outside the um, jockey porch over at the racetrack, so people can go meet jockeys and get their autograph. And um, we'll be doing the Best Turned Out Award for the um de La rose on saturday and then for the adirondack on sunday where we will actually go in the paddock with our team from faith and we'll pick which horse we think looks the best and we will give that groom a cash prize and then the taa also gives them a nice gift bag so that's my favorite is to give these grooms to be able to give back to the guys who work so hard taking care of all these nice racehorses. so i love doing the best Turned out award because i just think it's nice to honor those guys who are at the barn seven days a week at five o'clock in the morning taking care of all these horses
0: that's great so this will be the first year where we don't have Monday racing the first night of the sale do you anticipate any difference with Mm -hmm. the sale sort of being standalone on a dark day as opposed to having a racing day segue right into it I always used to enjoy the buzz on that Monday when you knew you had the sale that night
2: I don't think it's going to affect our sale I honestly think it'll help because people will have more time to um, actually look at horses and sometimes they're might be a little rushed to get over to the races. If they have a runner, they might be trying to not have time to have last minute meetings. So I think this will give people—it'll just take a little pressure off that they can just spend a little more time over here at the sales ground. So I think it actually helps us. I think people are pretty worn out by Monday from all the partying all weekend. So I think it'll actually just give them a chance to catch their breath a little bit. And um, I'm looking forward to being able to spend more time at the sales grounds with our clients. Uh,
1: also on a, on a personal note, you're, you're also, uh, and you you have been quite successful in doing that over the years. Um, why do you want to expand upon the syndicate that, that you do and, um, and some of the successes and any of the two year olds out there this year that people should be looking for?
2: Sure. Thank you. Um, we started about in 2013, we started it's all about the girls because I realized there was a lot of women who loved horse racing that just didn't understand how to get into the sport or they were intimidated by the process. And, um, thought you know what we need to do something for these ladies who just you could tell they really love it they really love horses and so we started our all female syndicate having no idea what it would turn into and here we are and, um, we have grown we have horses in four countries we have horses in the US Australia Ireland and now France is our most recent so we um, our goal is really truly to get new people into the sport but also to bring existing women that are already in racing to get them to help bring some of their friends who might want to join and we we've met so many amazing women and we keep it, you know, we keep it very simple. We do all the work for you. We just, you know, we buy a horse and we syndicate it out to however much interest we have. So some women might own 5%, some women might own 25%. And we work with trainers. Like we, in the States, we, whatever trainer comes to us and says, I'd like to train with the girls. We just ask that they help bring us some women. So that's kind of how it's, it's really grown. And we're happy to, with different trainers and um we have a nice little new york brand called bangle gal who's one to takes place and she's won twice in new york and the girls are having a blast she actually ran yesterday but um, we had to run her on the turf and she did not like it so we've got three babies that um one called charmed one that we are excited about um so it's we're ha- we have a lot of parties we have a lot of like tomorrow morning we're meeting on the backside to watch one of our our fillies breeze um we keep it we do we do as much educational things as the ladies want, but we also really focus on the fun factor. So we had a, a party at the races yesterday and we got a suite. Mattress Mac was very, very generous and gave us his suite for the day. So we brought 30 ladies up to the suite and, um, a lot of them aren't even in the syndicate, but they want to join because they saw all of us socializing together. That's so, cool. um, I think we probably have partners all over the country, 200, 250 women. So, um, it's been really fun and exciting. It's a lot of work, but, um, it just keeps growing, so I feel like we just got to keep doing it.
0: I'm sure some of our listeners are going to be very interested in this. Where's the best place to find information, Anna?
2: Sure. We have a website. It's all about com, and they can just um, email me on there. All of, We're on Facebook. It's all about the girls. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, they can just also come to the sale and say, who's the tall girl? Because everybody just calls me tall girl. So I'm just, anybody <laughs> at Facebook can uh, introduce me to them. <laughs> I don't even know if my boss knows my real name. He just calls me "tall girl." So, um, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to women, and we do have men. Actually, I, I shouldn't say this, you know, I'm telling you guys, but we do have men who love a particular horse we might buy, and they'll sign up under their wives' names just because they want to be a part of the horse. So, we don't. If, if we let the husbands come to the parties. It's not something where <laughs> it just has to be all female. It's just, we just, uh, we ask the husbands to kind of keep their opinions to themselves sometimes about where Love we're going to run the horses, because that's the point. Let the girls, you know, let the trainer ultimately call all the shots, but we let the girls decide where the next party's going to be and all that kind stuff. Oh, that's great. And the naming. Of course, the women get to name, <laughs> they name them. One of our horses, we're going to name her, I think we're going to name her Miss Botox, because we're like, not that, I mean, I don't use Botox yet, but I thought that was a funny name for like an all-girl syndicate, you know, just
0: keep it light. It's pretty funny, no doubt about it. You've no. mentioned parties a few times, like maybe three or four times during the course of this interview. So now you've no. forced me to ask you the question, the best party uh, mm. around sales time in Saratoga. What's the What's the best one? What do you look forward to?
2: Well, for me, I'm unfortunately, I don't get to enjoy the parties like everybody else because I'm working. But I don't have to say the existing cocktail party is, to me – it's such a nice event you know it's not open to the public but it is a nice party that we do for our clients our immediate buyers and sellers and it's just, it's so nice to see all of our clients interacting with each other and having a good and you can tell people look forward to it like they they can't wait for this party for them chance to catch up with their old friends and everyone's having a laugh especially those who had success at the races over the weekend you know they they look forward to enjoying um just enjoying each other's company, but I do I do promote for my syndicates. I have my own party, and we're having a party this year, um, on the roof a, in a penthouse suite at the Pavilion Grand. So I have to say I'm looking forward to that mm. one because I'm like that sounds pretty swanky. We're gonna you know step <laughs> it up this year for the girl syndicate, so
0: that should be fun. That's awesome. Now the first time I met you, I'm remembering this now. You were actually uh, bartending a VIP event for Phasing. I'm hoping you've outsourced that part of the responsibility at this point.
2: Yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah, sometimes you know, if everybody at Music Kitchen we do whatever it is. Like that's the good thing about working here is everybody pitches in. So. There's times when we have to do things that we don't normally do, but right now I don't have any plans to be bartending this weekend, but you never know. (laughs) If you guys would like me to pour you a sip during, I can do that during the sale for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We talked before. We'll wrap it up. We'll let you go. I know you've got a million other things to do, but I will say in terms of the public coming, there is that outdoor bar if you want to come. And check it out and see everything going on. You can be you're in no danger or oh, very yeah. little danger of getting, you know, uh, in no. trouble for waving at a friend out there. It's it's a it's a great experience. Exactly. And it's the kind of thing that's gonna make you want to be a part. Anna, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Exactly. Thank you guys for having me on. This is a lot yep. of
0: fun. I look forward to it. And our next guest on today's In the Ring Pedigree Podcast is the owner and founder of Bally Sacks Racing, Carl McInty. Carl, what's going on? Oh,
3: listen, uh, another fine day in the spa. We, my wife and I just got in here this morning. So, looking forward to uh, a good sale and a, a great day of racing with the Tess and the, and the Whitney coming up on
0: Saturday. Well, we do want to ask you about the sale next week, but I want to start off by asking you about a race last Saturday, Dennis's God. moment. Or earning a 97 buyer speed figure, the fastest two-year-old speed figure we've seen so far this year. As a horse player, these are the kind of things that uh, that stand out in my mind. I just wanted to talk about uh, your history with Dennis's moment.
3: Been involved with Grandi Acres Farm since sort of inception. I've
1: been involved with, uh,
3: sort of with uh, Telotarabes who's the breeder, which is is now Grandi Acres's farm. And Elise's farm manager. We've been involved, sort of uh, working together for about three or four years, but um obviously my company only started last year, so um, they sort of we've stuck together since since I started went out on my own and it's sort of it's very interesting to have your first Saratoga sale right now and one for one on selling horses that look probable for the Derby. So um,
1: <laughs> I'll take that as well. a <laughs> question. There you go. Carl, what what stood out to you about this a moment last year, um, certainly depending on uh, the money he brought uh, you know, he must have been a classy individual. So, uh, what, what, what? Yeah, was no, that I really mean, struck you?
3: Obviously, um, I've I've had a love affair with Tiz now. Even though I forgave him after beating Giants Causeway in the Classic, <laughs> but I
1: think he's more making
3: an insult and fault um, than Giants. But um, he's the, the horse has just always been very lucky for me. Um, the, the Dennis's moment himself was a was a special individual. Um, if I was to sit here and say that we all knew he was going to be this good, that's an absolute lie. Nobody knows that, but. <laughs> Um, from a standpoint of athleticism and mental fortitude he had both. He was a very fluid horse in his motion, um, mentally very sound and sort of would take to anything. Obviously a nice pedigree being by Tizna out of an elusive quality mayor called Transplended. She herself a deputy minister mayor, and when you look at her she's a deputy minister deputy minister of an elusive quality her sort of frame and stature. Um, she herself uh, transplanted was a half to two really good stakes horses, one called Most Happy Fella. That ran out 432,000 and the greatest stakes for uh, Philly times mistress. So there was some depth of family underneath there. She herself uh, just and just over 60,000, but he he just had all the, the right attributes to come up to Saratoga. Um, it's easy when we, we look back and say, well, taking him a Dagley or a, or a Tappard or a intermissive or a spite fan up to Saratoga is quite easy because of the, 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 the sort of the prowess of those sires, but, when you drop down a rank to sort of workman horses that that will still get you a great racehorse, you've really got to take something to to this sale specifically that walks and is athletic and can sort of garner the attention and and begin to really excite the buyers. He's one of those horses that he'd come out the first time and you'd like him, and you'd come back in the afternoon and you'd like him more, and he would just grow on you, and hence uh, the four hundred thousand dollar sales price. And and to be honest with you, there was there was six or seven guys bidding on him I I know who bought him and obviously uh congratulations to the Arbar family and I know who the underbidder was and and there was various other people that in the past week have reached out and said gosh uh I I wish we'd bought him now and and I think everyone's feeling the same way
1: so that was uh certainly a great update to have go going into this uh week's sale what about the consignment you have uh coming up the next couple days and and the New York Red Sale
3: um, I'm, I'm only doing the select sale just because
1: um, uh, I kind of focus on this sale
3: and then head back home to, uh, to Kentucky to get ready for Keeman. But obviously, I've got three horses in this consignment. Uh, first horse going through the ring is a mineshaft colt out of a, a, a young mare called Hewlett Bay, who's a half-sister in the Lighthouse Bay, obviously, brave One winner of the Prioress. Good, strong athletic colt. I um, think he's uh, interesting for most people. Um, Obviously, got a really, really nice colt. Uh, hit 40. He's a pioneer of the Nile. Obviously, a winstark stallion um, out of a mare called Kindle, who was a multiple greatest stakes mare. Um, got beat by Ms. Direction in the and Just got caught ahead. And her second, her second foal last year was the American Pharaoh, that brought 2.2 million. Pharaoh, obviously, being by Pioneer of the Nile, this makes this horse a three-quarter brother to that horse. So that horse is in training with Charlie Appleby Charlie Appleby in England obviously Sheikh Mohammed um, bought him so I've got a lot of hopes resting on this horse he's done very well we um uh, we're kind of excited he's done everything right he's a very intelligent horse a little bit of a little similar to Dennis's moment if I'm honest he's very he's that same sort of body type he's very fluid through his motion i think um, i think he'll garner a lot of attention and then we're fortunate enough that the same breeder of Dennis's uh, Dennis's Moment Mr Nixon has a, an empire maker filly in the sale with us out of a lemon drop kid mare called royal story who herself was a, a stakes horse and goes back to presently was a grade 1 winner of the matron and second or third in the uh, the beldame so overall i think three very nice offerings three different type of horses uh, the empire maker filly is definitely your classic two turn sort of mile and a quarter filly. Um, I think the mine shaft is, uh, I think he fits both the pin hookers and uh, the end users. And I think the pioneer, the Nile Cole could be, it could be any type of horse. So, I, I I think he's pretty special. So um, I'm excited to offer him to the marketplace.
0: Carl, one of the most frequently asked questions we have of our guests on this show is how they got involved in racing. In your case, you were born into it. So I'll ask it a little bit differently. How did you get involved in racing in the United States?
3: Ah, good question. So um, my brother Mark was the first one to come over here in two thousand, working for uh, Luca Comani along with Christoph Clemmelm. And Mark and Christoph moved over together, and my brother Mark was his assistant for the first five years, and then went on and trained and managed farms and that sort of stuff. Um, But I started coming over in my sort of late middle to late teens. I'd come over and gallop horses. Um, I, ro- I rode when I was younger and a uh, flat in England and um, national I sort of began to sort of like America and um, went back. And I ended up graduating from the national stud course in England. And if you did well on the course or won the course, you got given a scholarship. And I was fortunate enough to do that. So I, I um, basically got given a visa to whatever country you wanted to come to. So I picked America, obviously, and came here and worked for two or three years as assistant farm manager and uh, was an, assistant, uh, an ambulatory assistant to Dr. Riddle at Rood and Riddle. Uh, went back and worked for Darley uh, for three years. as a, I started off as a, a stud hand and worked my way up to uh, assistant groom, um, or assistant stud groom, rather. And then got offered a job in '03 to manage a farm in Kentucky and came here and sort of decided to emigrate. And I um, was only thinking of doing it for another three years. But then I, I, I met a girl and fell in love. Uh-huh. We've been together 15 years and had three children. So um, I've, I've always loved, I've loved America. I love America for, for various different reasons. But the biggest thing for me was, this the opportunity for growth and the potential of living the American dream. Um, as a young man, I was always relatively ambitious. I think um, I probably still am. Um, but This country gives you the opportunity to take a hold of that ambition and to to push yourself as far as you're willing to push yourself to go. So um, I took great advantage of that, and and it's thanks to being in this country that I'm able to say I own my own business, and um, things are going quite well.
1: Carl, since you have the uh, experiences of both sides of the Atlantic, somebody who is uh, listening to the podcast, what would be the best day of racing to go to, whether it be Europe or America?
3: Ooh, I had to ask me which one of my kids I love the most. My <laughs> um, um, but uh, best day of racing uh, personally for me is Royal Ascot. Uh, I think as a, as a racing experience, it's fantastic. But Breeders' Cup in this country is a very close second. It all depends if you're for the pageantry and the pomp and circumstance and all of the the wonderful attributes that Royal Ascot offers you. It's uh, as a day to share with your other half. It's spectacular. But as a purist and a racing fan, Saturday ten o'clock wherever you are on Breeders' Cup Day and watching that quality of fields is something special. I mean, I think I think we saw something incredible with Enable um, last week at, at um, um, winning a, winning a second King George. I think it would be an absolute dream to think that she might come over here again to see her win win another Breeders' Cup. So it, it, it's tough. Uh, Royal Ascot would probably be number one, but. Breeders' Cup's pretty bloody close.
0: Great answer. Well handled. With your feet put to the fire, you came up with one that gave me uh, – gave tingles up and down the arms. As I think and, was, and,
3: and just one side note. I wanted to share this with you because um, it's important to my wife and my family and I. So um, the name of the company um, – lots of people pick sort of arbitrary names out there. Um, the name of our company, Bally Sacks, is the first home I shared with my mum and dad. Uh, the lettering for our company is Mies, which is uh, which is the county my father's from, and the Catholic cross is the cross that stands in my father's graveyard. So uh, my dad passed when I was 18, so it's kind of an homage to my family and our heritage and also our faith. Sort of, uh, that, that's what we decided to, to represent us as a family and as a bit
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Truly a family affair, as it is for so many in the industry. And that's a fantastic tribute that you've that you've chosen there. Carl, thank you so much for your time today. Godspeed at the sale next week and in future endeavors. And I think we're going to be bothering you again soon to uh, do another interview.
3: Oh, no problem at all. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks,
1: Carl.
0: That's going to do it for this edition of the In the Ring Pedigree podcast. I want to thank Sean Tugel, thank Jonathan Kinchin, and Absentia. Yes, he's still involved in the show. A little crazy this summer with all the Fox Sports stuff. We'll get him back involved soon want to thank our guests Anna Seitz and carl mcinty most of all i want to thank all of you the listeners especially horse racing industry listeners who are ready to be here in saratoga looking forward to seeing you next week as well as all the fans of the show in and around saratoga and the usa at large this show has been a production of in the money media in the money media's business managers drew coatney i'm peter thomas Fornital. may the hammer drop your way Oh, 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 oh,